Welcome to episode two of PB&J's. I am John. I'm the student ministries pastor at Southwest Community Church. And I'm Bob. I'm the lead pastor here at Southwest. I'm the PB. And I'm the J. So welcome to our show. This is all about engaging in the Christian life and things of our faith and awesome things to share with you guys um, and create conversation, all the good stuff. Absolutely. Um, so if you were paying attention to our first episode, we were talking a lot about Bible. And this episode is going to be no different. We're talking a lot about Bible. Uh, today, we're specifically going to be talking about how to read it and tips yeah to have while you're reading it. Absolutely. Well, and as you know, if you watched episode one, uh, there's two things happening. We're having a significant conversation about something that'll help your faith, help you to grow in the Lord, but also we're going to uh, make, enjoy, and then rate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So the last time we did uh, white bread, butternut white bread, we did Jif, or as some commentators mentioned, GIF, a peanut butter. Um, a joke. Extra crunchy <laughs> peanut butter and uh, grape jelly. Yeah. We're going to do something different this time. Yeah, we yeah. went with butternut again, um, but this one is honey wheat. Honey wheat. We felt like uh, we didn't have quite enough sugar mm. just with the jelly, yeah. so we want a little honey in our bread. You know, it says also, I just want to note, this a special recipe bread. Oh, on here. So this isn't just your average honey wheat. No, no. This is special. Special. <laughs> and so we've got the honey nut bread, uh, butternut bread, the honey wheat. Um, we've got instead of Jif, we went um, we went Aldi. <laughs> we went Aldi brand peanut Classic. delight creamy. So we went crunchy last time. This time is creamy, <laughs> uh, and that's Aldi brand. And then as a real change of pace, we went with a homemade. Ooh. Grape jelly, a homemade. white grape jelly. So we'll see how that goes. I haven't had it yet. So Wait, could you uh, tell me who made that? Well, I want to make sure we like it before I start uh, dropping names. Okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> let me go ahead and start making the sandwich. Uh, let me just say, this is a spoon. Yeah. This is the proper utensil. Yes. To use for jelly. Absolutely. Um, if you do not use a spoon um, for jelly, as we. <sighs> learned a close dear friend of ours um does not we're not going to reveal any names christine um sorry um but it's just not you don't use a knife it's going to fall off it doesn't spread it correctly a spoon is everything you need for jelly so but uh today we're going to be talking about some wonderful bible reading tips so this is when you are getting into the word when you sit down what do you do? Because it's people have so many things, so many questions of what, how to start, where do you start, what do I do while I'm reading, how can I help remember everything? There's so many things people ask. So I think that we just need a few tips to get us through some reading. Absolutely. And I think this is really pertinent right now for us as a church. This is the first part of the year in 2020. Here at Southwest, Mm -hmm. one of the things we're emphasizing is reading the Bible and reading it in um, context and reading it quickly in context. And so Mm -hmm. we're actually encouraging our entire church to do a 90-day Bible reading experience. Um, And now that's a little different. I mean, that's a little more intense than is general uh, the way that most people read the Bible. But um, I think some of the principles we can use in that setting are also the principles that are good just in how we become good readers and students of God's Word in any setting. So that's what we want to talk about. 
Mm, I love it. So um, we're going to start off with the first tip right here. And this is my first tip um, for you. And this is what kind of sets the tone for everything that you're going to be doing this entire time. When you sit down and read the Bible, you're not just sitting down to read any book. You're sitting down to read the Word of God. And so it's only... uh, appropriate that we begin with prayer. So that's your first tip for you is prayer. Um, Starting off and even maybe ending with prayer um, because it sets the tone for what you're about to do. It's saying, hey, God, I'm here and I, I need you to help me retain what I'm about to read. Maybe, you know, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what it is you're speaking in this moment so that it's not just a just a bunch of words you're trying to plow through, but you're actually going to get something out of it. And you have to invite God into that moment with you because that's the words alive, all of that good stuff. And even ending with it and just saying like, hey, Lord, thank you for this time that I got to spend with you here. So that's why, I don't know, for me, when I pray before I read and even those times I've done it after, it just, it, it makes it feel like that was like a special time and it wasn't me just taking five minutes to do something random. Absolutely. I think the Lord's got to be at the center of it. We read the word because we want to be in relationship with the author of the word. And so we begin in in, in prayerful consideration. A second thing is just simple, basic stuff. Build a habit of reading the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we believe this is God's word, God's instruction, God's authoritative expression to us. Uh, we believe it's the clearest and most reliable way we can know God's will and purposes. And so if that's true, then the best way, best place to start is by building a regular habit. That includes, I think, um, a set place and time. Now, again, we know life sometimes makes it difficult, but because there are exceptions doesn't mean you don't have the rule. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a morning person and you do better in the day uh, by starting early and having a good morning time, then do it then. Get up early, find time, open the word before you get going with your day. Some of you are night people and you'd rather read as you're winding down. To me, the the battle is not over when mm-hmm. uh, the the important thing is is that you have a time and a place and i think that's also important not only the time but the place yeah. uh where's the place that you can find ways to shut out the distractions focus in and whether you're reading 15 chapters to mm-hmm. do it in 90 days or whether you're reading two or three chapters um have a comfortable place where you can be focused and regularly get in the practice of developing the habit of knowing God's work. Yeah. For some, it might even be your lunch. Um, yeah, that's absolutely. Actually, that's a, that's one for me that, cause that, you know, I wasn't always in ministry, uh, you know, and, um, I used to work at McDonald's for example, you know, it was just a, a job that I had and I would have a lunch break and not everyone has the same lunch break and you're just True. sitting, waiting around. And, um, I would just be tired and I would just sit there and I could just mindlessly scroll on my phone and there was some times where I was just like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I need God's because some days you someday, sometimes you have a hard day and you need that and you, you need that. something in your day and, um, you need to, you need to get fed and you need to get some of that throughout your day. So lunch is also a good time. Well, if he's going to say lunch, then I'm going to say brunch mm. just to be a little fancier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. So another great tip that we have for you is getting rid of all of your distractions. Um, for me, this is, this is preaching to the choir for me because I'm someone who's very easily distracted. So for me, I need to take my phone 
and I need to put it in another room. That's what or- I was looking for. I was looking for my <laughs> phone, but I got rid of it because I knew it'd be a distraction. I didn't have it on me. Yeah. So I need to put my phone um, away from me. And usually I, I don't usually put it in another room. Realistically, I take my phone and I put it like on the table across from me upside down. So I don't see any notifications. I put it on silent and I just, I just don't want to be disturbed in that moment because I know if I see a, a notification or anything, I'm someone who has to read every single thing. And, and so just getting that tech away from you just for, just for your reading, not the whole day. It's nothing crazy. You're not fasting your technology. It's, it's just a moment where you're saying, Okay, I need I need to clear my head because I and that, and that's just so easy for me to just be like constantly looking. I think it's our society today. Everybody yeah. is conditioned for interruptions. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So we're and we're expecting it typically. We're expecting that text We get messages. bored when we don't get interrupted. Exactly. So we need to have that moment where we're saying I don't want to be interrupted. Absolutely. And and you just turn your phone down. Um, you know, and it's finding a quiet place maybe. Sometimes, uh, you know, for families in your house, if you have kids, uh, can be distracting. Um, you know, I only have a baby right now. You know, he's not running around the house and stuff. But, <laughs> but you know, if I want to spend some time with God and stuff, that's why I find this kind of goes back to the habit time. I do it before he's even awake. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and I, you know, finding those quiet moments where I know that I can fit this time and I'm not going to be interrupted by people, even my family. Yeah. And, uh, and I won't be interrupted by technology. Well, I actually have a 22 year old, a 20 year old and a 15 year old. So mm. I don't have the ability somebody, one of them, when they're all in the house, mm-hmm. is always awake. I mean, any time of the day. Yeah. So the way I've learned to deal with that is I just lock them out of the house until <laughs> I'm done with the time I want. Uh, it gets a little questionable in uh, in the coldest days of winter, but they'll be okay. Well, the fourth thing. It's, well, maybe. <laughs> the fourth thing is uh, I, I don't know how you do any type of meaningful interactive dialogue with the text and reading is really kind of beginning a dialogue with the text without having a way of, of putting in context that dialogue. And that includes being able to have notes or journaling. If, if I'm talking to somebody about how to become a better reader or student of God's word, the first thing, the very first thing I think you have to do, number one is have a notepad next to you. And and keep thoughts or, or, you know, even even in this process as we're encouraging the church to re-engage with God's word, um, you know, there's three simple questions I'm asking people to think about. Is there something in what you've read that you did not know? Is there something that you don't understand or that you have a question about? And is there something that just really speaks to you where you're at and what you're going through? I mean, that's as simple as it is. It doesn't have to be writing a dissertation or long uh, involved notes. It could be simple shorthand notes, just simple jotting down that uh, on this day I was reading this text and these things stood out to me. Um, I think it's really valuable. And that's actually a practice that's been a part of the church's history going back to the very, very beginning. Mm. We, We may not know that, but there's actually a name for that. They would take the original manuscripts or early manuscripts that had been multiplied in the church, and as they were reading, 
they would write a little explanatory notes about the language or the context or, mm. or, or, or references to things. And they called them glosses in the okay. side, little glosses. And these are in the, the Greek text. There's Hebrew text glosses. And then by the time you get to the earliest days of the church in the, uh, and moving toward the Middle Ages, those were the very first commentaries. Mm. They would have the text, and then they'd have uh, the reader's notes as a commentary for later readers to read on and very famous commentaries mm-hmm. uh, all different translations they were we find these early glosses so that's something you can do maybe you like to leave a little gloss a little note in the margins of your Bible or maybe you do it in a notebook but keep notes it's a well-established Christian pattern of good Bible reading yeah, it is. Um, I'm one that probably needs to start doing a little more of that. Well, get with it. Um, <laughs> well, with to add just to add a little bit to that, you know, there's so much more you get out of. Um, I'm someone who's like, I love looking back. Mm-hmm. I love finding old, even just like school notes or mm-hmm. just stuff like that. I'm like, I remember that day when I drew that thing in the corner. Um, having notes is just great for you to look back on and and you can even see you know how far you've come in faith absolutely and um you can remember the trials you've gone through i've journaled and prayed about so many struggles that i've gone through that's typically when i start journaling is when i'm going through like a really hard time and i'm like i just need to write this down yeah and um and i'm a verbal speaker and even i wanted to do that and um and i look back on those occasionally um i have one in my desk actually with prayers from high school and i was like Mm man, I went through some stuff, but I was like, the Lord was with me and I was, I was able to see myself come through that. And you see that now and you see that in prayer journals and in Bible reading journals, you can see your growth, what you've been through. And those are things, the trying of our faith works patience and we let patience have its complete work so that we're mature. And so that's a good reason to keep track of the journey is it helps us to be reminded that when we come through new, come to new trials, We've seen that God's gotten us through before. Yeah, We can uh, rest and have peace that he'll get us through in the future. Hands down. Well, uh, just a quick review, uh, just a couple simple things in reading God's word. Uh, begin with prayer. Make sure it's a spiritual exercise. Develop a consistent habit, maybe time and place. Uh, avoid the distractions that mm-hmm. just fill our world and our lives. And, and consider the possibility of jotting some notes keeping some some record of what you're reading. Now, uh, this is my last bite of the sandwich, and it's that very important time that we're going to review our Aldi creamy peanut butter, our butternut honey wheat special, mm-hmm. recipe, special recipe, and our homemade grape jelly. Mm-hmm. So we have a... Um, we have a rating system, yep. um, and we're, uh, we're going to rate the sandwich today on a scale of one to five yep. head flashes today. Mm-hmm. Boom. John? Um, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to start because I just finished the sandwich. And um, I'm going to say, because I was actually thinking about it this whole time, I was like, what am I going to say about this? And I, I, I think what we have here is um, something I didn't expect to happen early on. Hmm. And it was we found, I think, the wrong combination. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I think that independently, these are three great things. I do like honey wheat bread. Sure. I do like creamy peanut butter. Oh, you do? And and I mean, like, I like crunchy better. But, of course, I still, peanut butter is Well, you're not throwing it out. But 
And, and I love that gel. That jelly, I had just a little taste of that. And it, I mean, that was great. Just by itself, it's a wonderful. I would slap that just on bread by itself. But Why I would think you slap the jelly? You got to slap it on. You All grab right, a slap spoon the jelly. and you slap it on. And, but I think we found the combination that these three together just didn't work for me. And I, it's going to have to get two head flashes because of it. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, I would agree, very disappointed. And I think part of the problem was probably the sandwich maker. Mm. Uh, I did not did know the intensity yeah. of the jelly. The yeah. jelly's really, really good. It did good, need a little more peanut butter. But it was, oh, you thought they needed more peanut butter? I felt like the jelly uh, got lost oh, in the you? peanut butter. I did. Yeah, I want more jelly. Oh. I want more jelly. I felt like the creamy peanut butter... I think the I've realized this why mm. I like the crunchy is the crunchy takes a little bit of um, space away. I think yeah. it was just to me the creamy was overpowering on this one. So that's just me. I thought it drowned it out a really good jelly, yeah. and uh, I just thought it was an overall bland sandwich. So I too am going with a very low scored. Two. Okay, I was gonna say you. Head I thought you were going for the one. No, <laughs> I can't go one. I mean, I still ate it. I hope that but, we don't get a one, but oh. uh, that's a total score of four head flashes. Four head flashes. So not a highlight, um, you know. And probably at the end of the season here, we're probably gonna highlight our favorite sandwiches because you know, honestly, my favorite. One of my favorite things about this is we get to eat. Every time. Every single time. And so the next year when we do our podcast, we're going to be doing prime rib uh, yes. reviews oh and uh, it's going to be great. So. so we're going to need you to volunteer to make the prime rib for us, uh, donate it. That would be wonderful. Um, but yes, we have so many things to come for this year still. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, and we pray that this goes with you throughout the rest of your week. We pray that you're challenged and that you walk with us the rest of 2020. Absolutely. Let God's word just live in you. Let it dwell in you. And uh, I think you'll find its transforming power will change everything about your life. Stay weedy. 